Before we get into the show today, guys, I'll tell you a little bit about opass.com. And soon after I got to Japan, I learned there were some things I just couldn't get, like something I couldn't buy in the country. And the thing that it hurt the most for me that I couldn't buy was stovetop stuffing. And at first, my mom, she always sent it to me, and I would ask her to send it, and she would send it very nicely. But eventually, she got tired of paying for shipping. But if I had an inexpensive way to get things sent to me at that time, I would have been a much happier person in Japan. And it turns out opaz.com has a way to do just that. They give you a personal shipping address, and you can have the items you buy online sent to you in Japan for a very nice price. Opaz can get you set up in no time at all. And if you use the coupon code ALTINSIDER, you can have your first order sent to you for free. So go to opaz.com, that's O-P-A-S.com, and sign up today. Take it away, announcer guy. Welcome to the ALT Insider Podcast, dedicated to making you have the most fun possible while living or dreaming about living in Japan. Whether you've been here for years or are just starting to consider it, we've got you covered. And now, your host, broadcasting from somewhere in Japan, James. James here, ALT Insider Podcast, episode number 105. Nice to have you with me here today. So let's get to let's before we get to the the interview with Kyle here the Kyle the, a guy that uh, came to Japan in an interesting way he didn't just you know get on the any Kaiwa train or an ALT train he uh, well, well I'm gonna spoil everything now you know you got a list for a reason right so anyways ALT Insider Podcast proudly part of the Japan Podcast Network nice to have you here with me uh, this week on in Sight News huge article on Tofugu went up very happy with that one. I guess posted on tofuga.com. That was huge. It's on my favorite topic topic basically in the world. Helping people do what they want to do in Japan. Have more fun in Japan. It's awesome. Go check it out. It will be on the show notes page, which can be found at, as always, ltinsider.com forward slash podcast 107 this time. That's what it'll be. Go check it out there. If you like it, share it around. You know, the bigger it gets, the cooler it will be and the more likely it will be to have me back. So I'm happy with that one. Go check it out. Tofuga.com, ALT Insider, what a match. Um, also, lesson plans are going awesome. Thanks so much to everyone that's picked them up so far this year. If you haven't picked them up yet, check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes page. See if they might help you be an awesome elementary school ALT. Well, or both, junior high school and elementary school, junior high school ALT. Um, there was some questions about the um, people that wanted the junior high school survival kit and they wanted the elementary school lesson plan they said hey i want to get both so there is something for that called the jetpack so check that out it's in the tools page on the website i'll link that in the show notes page as well so with with housekeeping out of the way let's get to the let's get to this episode now it's with kyle a guy with his own business in japan he's doing he's not teaching english in japan he's doing some cool interesting things in japan um, one thing I want to point out before, that I didn't really hit on enough in the interview, I just listened back to it. Obviously, was that when I was editing it, and uh, he, I asked him his target audience, and he did a real, he did a real answer, real. He knew his answer right away, and that's what I found when people start online business and stuff. It's kind of sometimes the thing people trip up on is if you ask them what's their what's their target audience, they'll say like everyone, and if your answer is everyone to that, it's really no one. So you're you should have a nice detailed answer when anyone asks what's your target audience for anything really your podcast your blog your product your whatever your consulting your whatever service you have you need to have a a real detailed idea of your target audience because that's that makes you make the product or whatever you're doing for them the best it can be i don't know why i'm saying that now saying this now before the interview but i wish i put hit it i wish i hit it that i wish i hit it on 
I wish I hit on this point more in the interview, but if you want to have something to help people, you want to know exactly the person you're trying to help. So keep that in mind. Kyle did this in his interview. He did some cool, he has a, took a cool path to Japan, that's for sure. And I love it. My favorite part about the interview is how he handles his business meetings. So keep that in your mind when you listen to this episode and you'll get it soon. So here is Kyle from Tokyo Munchies. Enjoy. All right, guys, I got a very special guest here. He is doing some cool things in Japan. His name is Kyle. How are you doing today, Kyle? Yeah, good, man. Thank you, James. I'm cool, man. Just hanging out at home, doing the family man thing. <laughs> yeah, nice to have you here with me. I'm also a family man here. with the, We have kids about the same age, I heard, so that's I'm sure we're on the same uh, sleep level, I guess. Yeah, about the same, yeah, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> right, so before we get into this thing, let's let's get people kind of excited about talking to Kyle here. What are you doing in Japan right now, currently, for income? All right, currently now for income, I'm doing a lot of different things. I work as a bartender in an upscale wine bar in Nishiazabu. So we serve top-notch import-only wines, and it's a really, really flashy up marketplace. As well as that, I'm working as a cleaner for Airbnbs, so I travel all over Tokyo and do that. And then, but my uh, my niche market, my my baby, is Tokyo Munchies. I export Japanese food and candy to the world. Sweet. So we're gonna get into all three of those things. But let's go back in time to when you first got interested in Japan. What was the what was the 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 the, the flicker of flame that got you interested in Japan in the very first place? Wow, man, that that's gonna have to go right back to the 1980s. That's going to go right back to the 1980s watching uh, Japanese anime like Astro Boy, Voltron. Um, growing up watching Japanese anime as a kid. And wow. then as a Yeah, so it, it's a long story. <laughs> so how did you kind of make the, you know, now you live here. So how did you kind of, what were your steps from like watching anime to living in the country? Okay, I'll just, I'll bullet point that for you. I'll make it more quicker. Yeah. Um, so I went from that to learning karate when I was in Australia and then I taught myself how to use chopsticks when I was 15 and then I went through a lot of different Japanese martial arts then I had a Japanese girlfriend in Australia and we planned to get married and live in Hokkaido and that fell apart and so I thought yeah I'm going to challenge myself I'm going to move to Tokyo and live here by myself and just try an adventure. So at this point what age were you when you decided i'm gonna live here by myself oh uh, i was 29 okay. that was the cutoff uh 30s the cutoff period for australian working holiday visas and so i made the decision on the last minute like okay i've only got less than a year left to do this so i just charged it wow okay so then you get to you get to tokyo you have do you have any employment lined up no wow okay that's gonna be scary so what did you <laughs> how did you go about finding income at that point yeah, that was uh, hustle, man. Hustle. <laughs> hustle. That was just like what my father told me. Uh, when I pr- applying for jobs, just shotgun approach. Just apply for every single job you can possibly try, you can possibly do, and just hope for the best. So would you advise someone else that wants to work in Japan that is of, of age and old enough to do that, to try that, do that same, the same route you took or no? Uh, yes and no. It depends on how much gumption you have. I, I prepped before I came, so I studied TESOL, uh, teaching English to speakers of languages, and got my TESOL certificate for, so I was an accredited English teacher before I got here. Mm-hmm. And that opens, uh, that obviously opens a lot of doors, um, and that made it a lot easier for me, but still I struggled for six months to actually get a job mm-hmm. before I, 
even with the TESOL certification and also with being a native speaker, it was still hard to do. Yeah, and Tokyo is kind of a you know obviously tough market. A lot of people there, obviously. Um, what did you, what did you do for housing at this point? Because you couldn't you didn't have like a full stable place to live, right? All right, this is gonna be a really fun. This is gonna be a fun story for you and your listeners, probably. Um, I have a friend, a high school friend that we went to high school together with, and he already lived here, but he lived in Osaka and then he moved to Tokyo. And so him and uh, him and me, we uh, we organized an apartment with Wasawasa to live together in uh, Suzuka. Wow. Okay. So Wasawasa is like, uh, what is that? Uh, Wasawasa is like a guest house company. I'm not sure if they're still going. There's there's a few. There's Share Style and there's Mayflower and there's Sakura House, but I'm not sure if Wasawasa is still going. But um, yeah, um, he did a lot of the groundwork for me and helped get an apartment that we both shared, but it was a one LDK. So I had no bedroom. I had to sleep on the floor in the living room. <laughs> yeah. And there's no privacy whatsoever. And the place was infested with rats and it was made of wood. And every time we had an earthquake, oh my God, it was some scary stuff going on. <laughs> that's cool. So that's, I mean, not cool. It's kind of scary, but it's your way into yeah. Japan. You got to do what you got to do to have a place to live, right? Exactly. The <laughs> best thing was though, James, I'm um, just on, on that story. Uh, I asked him because I'm really scared coming to, to Japan for the first time by myself, and I can only say "konnichiwa," "sumasen," "arigato." That's all I can say in Japanese. I, I asked him to please meet me at the airport, and he said, uh, "No, just come to Shinjuku. You'll be okay." And so I managed to get through the airport on the Shinkan on the Shinkansen on the train, and managed to get all the way to Shinjuku. I'm on the train, we're pulling up to the platform. I look out the train window and there's a male and female toilets on the platform. Mm-hmm. My friend comes walking out of the female toilets drinking two beers. <laughs> nice. Just randomly. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you? I understand the beers, but in the female toilet on the platform and he's wearing bombs. He's wearing flip flops. Like, oh, uh, okay. So he's just kind of a laid back kind of guy, I guess. Yeah, well, most Aussies are. We're all pretty chilled out. <laughs> all right, so let's go to you now. You let's go to your next step of your kind of Japan career. When did you get out of this, you know, rat-infested house? This, this, just you know, let's let's call it what it is. Kind of tough place to live. How did you How did you make the next move out of there to get real stable housing? Uh, actually, that's perfect because it's connected directly to you. I got a job with uh, W W Five, which is an ALT company in Tokyo. Um, they also have offices in Osaka. Um, I got a job with them, and the pay was fantastic, conditions fantastic, the company is fantastic. So I could make enough money then to move out, and I moved into a guest house, another guest house with ShareStyle, and I worked in their guest house as a live-in English teacher and as a live-in house manager, house cleaner. And the rent was a lot cheaper, and it was fantastic because I had a good job, good schools, good pay, and a nice place to live. Yeah, it sounds good. So, what did you? How did you find ALT teaching? Because it was your first time, you know, working in public schools. How did you find it at the beginning? Did you have any tough, you know, tough points about it? What was kind of what was your experience like in the beginning? Um, actually, there's no tough points. Though it was, I already trained to be a teacher, so I already knew what I was getting into. Um, the only tough thing was probably dealing with some of the school politics or the school demographics, like. Some Japanese teachers wouldn't even say good morning to me, or I was, they won't even talk to me. Mm. And 
they, and it's not just me being a foreigner. They wouldn't even talk to the other Japanese teachers too. They just totally ignore you. Yeah. Okay, that sounds tough. Like some teachers, I think some teachers do that because there's so much turnover in the workplace that some teachers I know take the route of I just won't get attached to these people at all. You know. Yeah. But it's yeah. not the right. That's not a fun way to go yeah. about living. I don't think. But no, because uh, so, uh, with, with W five, I was working at three or four different schools a week. And two or three of the schools were beautiful. Every morning you walk in there, everybody's smiley, happy, like, oh, how's it going? But the other two schools, you walk in there, and, and I'm used to this nice, oh, how's it that good morning thing. I walk into their office, and they're like, oh, how's it going? And yeah, no answer, nothing. <laughs> okay. So it's just like, oh, shut up and sit down. <laughs> I guess that's also a product of, you know, ALTs are very – a very liquid employment position, right? So like they might have a, another ALT. They have another ALT every single year. You know, it gets kind of, I can see how some teachers kind of get like, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to get to know this ALT. It's going to be another one in three months or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. That's cool. I just, yeah, I just, basically yeah, it's, not, it's definitely, it's definitely not yeah. fun, not, not fun to work in that kind of environment. And yeah. So, um, you know, after that, that so what's your next step after ALT things going good? What makes you change from ALT being, being an ALT? Uh, okay, so I got a couple of private English teaching jobs at English schools and really nice companies, so, um, business English companies like Toshiba and Olympus and Nikon and Meiji. And it was just nice to transition from ALT to business English. And yeah, I continued that for a while, then all the contracts expired and I wanted to push myself further to have a different career and I started doing graphic design and I started doing internet marketing. All right, so let's stop there for a second. So how did you, because I know a lot of people out there think, oh, business business, business English uh, contracts, I want to do that too. So how did you go about finding those positions from being ALT to those business contracts? That's a lot of luck and it's a lot of uh, word of mouth. A lot of these contracts are not advertised. A lot of these contracts are who you know is not what you know. Mm-hmm. It's not what you can do. It's who you know. Yeah. So, how did, uh, so just people you knew just by chance or did you work to get like network yourself? Okay. This is this is going to be a really strange answer again for you. <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to make it short. Um, I, I enjoy – my favorite thing to do after I finish work is to go to the convenience store, have a cigarette and have a beer or a chew high and just chill out at the convenience store and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Every day I do that. Lots of random strangers approach me and start talking to me in English or Japanese, and I make business contacts through that. Okay, so you make a, <laughs> you you do the the I think it's not a the homeless thing. You buy some stuff from the convenience store and then eat it in front of the store, and but you turned it into a business opportunity. I'm not I'm I'm not doing anything. Like I, I finish work, I have an apartment, I have a good paying job. I'm just finish. I just want to have a beer before I go home. And I just want to stay. I want to be outside because you spend all day inside. So I'm just outside having a beer, and then just random people come up to me and just start talking to me. Okay, so that then you got some business contacts out of these random uh, encounters. Yeah, yeah, like right. Nikon or Meiji, Olympus. Yeah, they're just standing there having a beer, just staring off into the sunset, doing nothing, and random person start talking to me and. We'll talk, and then that talks. That turns into a four-hour chat session, and a lot of beers, and 
then business cards are exchanged and then like, oh, do you want to come to our office and teach us business English at our office in Shibuya or Shinagawa? And I'm like, yeah, okay. So, wow, okay. So there you go. That's Now we have a, we'll increase the amount of foreigners in front of convenience stores in the coming weeks. <laughs> Right, so it worked out for you. That's awesome. So then you said you want to do this internet marketing and graphic design. How did you kind of – now, did you have stable income enough to say, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go at this 100% or did, were you still doing part-time stuff to make the make ends meet? How did you – that's a big jump, right, from stable income to I want to make money online. How did you make that work? Yeah, that was uh, – it's it's still not working. I'm, I'm trying to make it work still. So uh, hence I told you earlier I'm working as a bartender and a cleaner. Um, they, I'm pursuing these avenues because this is what I want to do because mm. this is a career but it's I just I'm not making a stable income enough to support my wife and my family and pay the rent so I have to supplement that by working as a bartender or as a cleaner or Airbnb cleaner and still doing a few teaching jobs here and there Okay, so let's go. How did you get the bartending job? Because that's a job I've been asked before. Like, you know, it's a cool job because you can practice Japanese, I guess, and stuff like that. So, how did you go about getting that? Was that another in front of a convenience store encounter? How did you get that job? <laughs> no, that was a that was a Craigslist. That wow, was a okay, Craigslist. So, <laughs> a Craigslist gem. A Craigslist gem. So, did what they expect your Japanese to be at a certain level for be a bartender? I assume, right? No, actually, this is another stupid and strange and weird story for you. Um, I was just on Craigslist trolling around looking for jobs and I saw a job for a bar cleaner. And I, I worked in industrial cleaning in Australia, so I know how to do cleaning. I worked as a B and B cleaner, I know how to do cleaning. So I just applied for the job as a cleaner. I started cleaning for the bar for a few months. Uh, the bar owner had all his staff left and he needed more staff and he said, Hey, do you wanna jump behind the bar and pour some wine and serve some food? And I'm like, Oh, okay, I'll give that a try. So transition from a bar cleaner to I'm mean, sorry, a yeah, cleaner to a bartender. Oh, okay, so you don't, and then, I mean, bartender for wine bar seems to be pretty sweet because you don't have to do that, you know, the mixing of the vermouth and the shaking, all that crap. You just pour it, right? Uh no, no, I have to, I have to know all my wines. I have to, so every week I have to learn five to ten different wine varieties, and then I do know how to make some cocktails. So I do make cocktails. And I work summertime in Zushi at a beach bar. And so the beach bar is all cocktails and all beer. Oh, okay. So I do have a little bit of knowledge about it, but learning everything about wines is really difficult. Yeah, so people come to you for like suggestions and stuff, and you got to know what to, what to say, yeah? Yeah, it's really hard because we have the wine menu, and there's over 200 different wines, and it's – it's an upscale wine bar, so the customers we're dealing with are from Price Waterhouse, Goldman Sachs, IBM, Apple. These people already know everything about the wines they want, and so they. But sometimes they ask for a recommendation, and sometimes they'll give me a very, they'll give me a strange wine name that I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. I'm like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, but um, yeah, this challenge rush around, check all the fridges, trying to find what matches up to the menu and serve it to them. <laughs> okay. So, you know, is your clientele, is they mostly Japanese people, I assume, right? Or No, they're mostly foreigners. Okay. So you, your Japanese is not re that required in this position? No. Oh, okay. No. So that's, that's good. So, had, so, you know, then let's go to the Airbnb thing. Another, you know, a, a job that's not teaching English. How did you go about finding that? Was it another Craigslist find or is this a conven <laughs> convenience store meeting again? 
<laughs> oh, no. this, one, this one actually started out with a friend. A friend started a Airbnb in Hongo Sanchome, and they asked me to come and do cleaning for them once a month, uh, once a week. Uh, so a three-hour clean, and that's everything cleaned. And so I started doing that. And I enjoy doing physical work. I enjoy working with my body. And it was I enjoyed the work because I could just listen to music, just spend three hours cleaning. And then I just applied for more jobs on Craigslist again and just picked up more and more Airbnb cleaning jobs. So it sounds like Craig, I mean, where I live in Fukuoka, Craigslist is not a huge place to find jobs. I mean, they, there are some, but it's not a big thing. But it sounds like in Tokyo it's pretty popular. Yeah, in Tokyo it's more popular. And yeah, so you're in Fukuoka. Yeah. Ah, okay. So you okay? So I'm in, I'm in Komagome in central Tokyo in the north part, and so most listings on Craigslist are for Shibuya, Shinagawa. It's all central, the outskirts of Tokyo. It's all really central, and there's more than ten thousand Airbnb properties in Tokyo now, and so it, it's quite easy to pick up a lot of work doing that type of stuff in Tokyo. There's a little bit, a little bit of competition, but not much, and it's but there's it's the growth is exponential. It's more and more and more every day. Yeah, especially you know because Olympics are coming, they want to get more and more people doing that. Exactly. Um, all right, so let's let's change gears to your you know your your online business here. Tokyo Munchies is the name. If I have that correct. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's correct. So let's talk about that. What if I've never heard about that? What can you tell me? What is that? Give me your pitch here. What is that? Tokyo Munchies is my brainchild, my my baby, my export mission my Tokyo story. I, I worked, when I was doing the internet marketing, I worked a little bit for an export company exporting food. I had a, a bit of a serious injury and I lost my job. So I I copied their model. I'm not going to lie to you. I, 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 I like their business model. So I implemented their business model and took it as my own and made my own and identified niche markets, which the former company was in identifying and working in and went with that. So Tokyo Munchies is it's a small clan of ninjas. I have two or three helpers. We all work together. We scour all of Tokyo. We find the best, the rarest, the most unique snacks you could possibly hope for. And we export and sell them to the world. Okay, so is this a like kind of a I know it's like a like a what is it called loot crate kind of system where you set you pay a certain amount of month and you get one every month or you like you pick exactly what you want uh, a la carte. Uh, no, we do a la carte. So I, I know the loot crate system. I know the other companies who do the same type of things, subscription companies. That's something we're going to look at later on. But right now it's just a la carte. So right now we're just focusing on this is what we have. This is what we can offer you. Here's a story. It's it's really cool. Try some and just buy what you want. Okay, cool. So, you know, you said you have a target market. So what exactly is your target market? The target market is every English-speaking nation in the world, as well as non-English-speaking countries and also Southeast Asian countries and Asian countries, but predominantly English-speaking countries. So that's another reason I want to have you on here, because for me, it's I'm interested in that kind of stuff. So, like, was is your most popular item, is it the things that taste good or the things that are crazy? Which which one is? Oh man, it's Kit Kat. The crazy flavor ones. You yeah, mentioned? man. Um, like we we um we have a a big supply of the Nihon shoe, the Saki Kit Kats, and we have them in like the twelve bat twelve uh twelve pack mini bags. But we have them in the really beautiful Kit Kat or uh, Nihon shoe shaped box uh nine pack. So 
the the Kit Kats are just crazy. They just go out the door. It's 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 crazy. Every time Japan releases a new flavor of Kit Kats, I I go to every single store. I go to the Chocolate Tori and Ikebukuro, and I buy all the stock, and then I market it and then sell it. What's kind of the craziest flavor they had these days? I know they had some crazy ones, but do you remember any of any, any of those? Oh, I've got one actually right here. This is one. Of, this is one we put. I just put a clearance box up, so it's a it's a new year, it's a new start because Japan's New Year starts in April for work and everything. Um, the last one, the last crazy one I have is creamy pumpkin white chocolate. Oh, okay. There you go. That that sounds pretty good actually. But I've seen I've seen some that don't don't uh, actually taste seem like they taste good. I never tried them though. But yeah, there's so much turnaround in Kit Kats, and also the thing that turns around a lot in Japan is soft drinks in convenience stores. They gotta, always got to make new flavors. Oh yeah. Oh, that was perfect actually. Last year there was um the, with the Rio Olympics there was a limited edition Diet Coke 2016 Rio Olympics Coca Cola, and it was in a aluminium bottle, not in a plastic one, not in a pet bottle. And there was released at the same time was a normal Coke in 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So these were a pairing and they came out at the same time. And I saw them in the shop and I thought, wow, that's going to be gold. I checked them on the internet. People were selling them for $35 for an empty bottle. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, really? So I, I got a couple of bottles and I put them in my shop and sold them for $15 full of Coke. And they were bang gone before I even put them on the gone before you uh, like next day gone. Wow, that's yeah. So it seems like it's kind of like you, you got to kind of find find the gold out there. Yeah, that's, to find the things that are going to sell. So how do you kind of what do you, how do you go about finding what's going to be popular? Do you go online or do you just walk out yourself and try to you know go out there on the streets yourself and try to find the next big thing? So, yeah, that's what I do, man. I'm I'm a skateboarder, so I'm always skateboarding every day, everywhere, and I go to every single shop in my local area. And I just keep my eyes open and just walk around and look and look. And if I see something which I know is rare, which I know is going to be gone in the next couple of days, I grab it. I, I, I buy all of them and then, yeah, market it and then promote it and sell it. Okay, so for someone else that wants to start a business in Japan like this, do, do you um, how do you go about advertising? Use it more, you use social media, or do you go about paid advertising on Google Ads, something like that? How do you go about advertising? Uh, it's all it's all social media marketing. It's all content creation marketing. It's content marketing. Um, it's advertising. It's word of mouth. I okay. So do you have articles and stuff like that too? Yeah, I I have a blog, but I'm a little bit of a lazy guy, so my blogs probably come out once every two weeks. I should be doing them once every week. But um, I do blogs. I have Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter. Uh, Facebook and Twitter are the number one, number one and two. Twitter is fantastic. It just blows up all the time. Facebook is great, but it's a little bit slow on traction. Pinterest is fantastic. What I'm doing is I'm dealing with a visual product. So I have a photo studio in my office here. I photograph my products. I put them in the Photoshop. I make them pop, make them look great. And then I put them into my shop, and then I push them across my social networking sites. So, have you have you thought about expanding anything else? Like, you know, maybe I know your your name is Tokyo Munchie, so it's probably going to be food. But have you thought about like games and stuff like that, other stuff that Western countries are really interested in? Yeah, actually, um, I already I already do gashapon. So gashapon is on my shop, and we do noodles. Like, I'm not sure if your viewers are your, your viewers probably understand gashapon. They're the capsule toys you get in Japan. You put in 200, yeah. 300 yen, and you yeah, turn the handle and get a little capsule and a mystery toy inside. 
So we do those already. We do cup noodles. Um, I've got a really massive collection of Dragon Ball Z and anime figurines, which I'll be doing on my site as well. And we'll be doing food, wakame, uh, miso soup, yeah, pretty much everything. Do you go to yourself and get the capsules out? Do you put, just buy all the capsules that are in one one machine, or how do you go about getting those wholesale? That's a really good question. Um, I'm just waiting on my business to grow a little bit more until I get my Kabushi Geisha, my wholesale license. Once I get my wholesale license, I'll be able to go direct to the suppliers and buy from the suppliers direct. Right now, I'm doing a little bit of a, a strange thing, which is not taking off, but I don't really care because everything's worth a try. What I'm doing right now is I'm doing like try your luck for five bucks. That's my marketing motto and pitch for the Gashabon. So you don't know what you're going to get. You will get you will get a Gashapon and you will get some cool Japanese candy, but you don't know what you're gonna get. It may be a leg it may be a Lego figurine, it may be a Dragon Ball Z figurine, it might be a Mario figurine, it might be something totally random like cats and bread or a or a pug dog in a piece of bread. So I'm just running with that for now until I get established more and I can buy and advertise and then target that more. Oh yeah, because that's that, those are really popular in Japan. Actually, the, you know, those at the end of the year, stores will put random stuff in a bag, and it's called like a mystery bag or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah, I guess another country is not really taken off yet. I guess people like to know what they're buying or something. I don't know, but that's a good idea. For yeah, sure. it's it's. I'm not sure. You, you probably checked out my site, but like my uh, the Dragon Ball Z figurines that you get from the Gashapons or the Lego or anything else that you get from the Gashapons is always awesome. It's always really super cool. So mm-hmm. so I couple that with. Uh, a rad Japanese candy or a Japanese Kit Kat. So it's, yeah, you can't choose what you want, but it's try your luck for five bucks. It's only five bucks. You're, you're guaranteed to get some cool Japanese candy or a Kit Kat or something, plus a Gashapon. So you can't, you you can't really go wrong. You're going to get something rad, cool that you don't know, plus Japanese candy. So That's cool. It's a cool thing to share what Japan with the whole world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's, you know, one kind of, it seems like, you know, you've, you've been doing a lot of things in Japan, you know, you started as, you started as not knowing what you're going to do and then you got a job and then you got an ALT job, then you got all these other kind of positions. So what kind of advice would you give to someone that's, you know, maybe looking for their next step in Japan or, you know, not sure how to go about finding their next job, you know, cause you seem to, you know, find your way in many, in many, in many ways. So how would, what kind of advice would you give the, uh, those people that aren't sure how to make their next step to a different kind of job? Um, I, I hate to say this because it's not me, but this is my best advice. Make sure you're educated up. Make sure you have your paperwork, your degrees, uh, what your education, your diplomas, and whatever field you want to pursue because it just makes it so much easier. Anybody can be an English teacher, but if you want to expand out of that zone, it's a little bit hard to do. There's, from my experience, there's only finance acting in movies and TVs, TV shows, or teaching English, or working in IT. So make sh- if you want to come to Japan and try your luck as an English teacher for a while, that's great. But if you want to expand out of that after doing that for a period of time, make sure you have your degrees or your diplomas so you can go into your IT or you can go into finance or you can go into whatever else you want to chase 
I never went to university. I didn't finish high school. I just started working. I dropped out of high school and just started working. And I earned my, I started my own skateboard shop in Australia. And I worked in construction and I worked in retail and I ran my own businesses in Australia. And then I came here and then it's the same type of thing. But just having that piece of paper, just having that degree, that makes life so much easier. There you go. So where can people check you out online? Now you can check me out at tokyomunchies.tickkale.com or you can check us out on Facebook, Tokyo Munchies, or you can follow us on Twitter at Tokyo underscore Munchies. We're all over the place. So we're there every day, 24 hours a day, selling Japanese candy to the world. There you go. So last, last question. What What is one thing you recommend people check out your site and go buy if they're in America, Australia, Canada, wherever they are? What's your one thing you recommend they pick up? I recommend everybody should pick up a Munchie Pack. The Munchie Pack gives you 20 of Japan's best snacks, chocolates, and candy, and it's all killer, no filler. You get a box of Kit Kats, you get a Gashapon, you get three or four DIY kits, and the rest is just pure gold. So, yeah. Always go to the Munchie Pack and never look back. Sounds good to me. So you know where to go. Tokyo, that's tokyomunchies.ticktail.com. So thanks, Kyle, for hanging out today. I think we learned a lot of stuff and good luck with everything. Cool. Thank you, man. Thank you so much, James. Take it easy. Before I let you go, guys, I want to tell you about jobsinjapan.com. And I know most of you listening are either working in Japan or you want to work in Japan in the future. So I really want you to check out jobsinjapan.com to help you achieve your goal of getting a job or getting a better job. My favorite, one of, one of my favorite parts about jobinjapan.com, besides all the foreigner-friendly positions it has, new jobs are being added all the time. So if you're currently job hunting, it's a really good idea to bookmark it. Now, jobinjapan.com lets you go above just bookmarking. It lets you set up alerts. So you can set up a search criteria about like the distance of where you want to work, the keywords that you want to search for. And when a job comes up that fits this criteria, you'll get an email right in your inbox to let you know that that job is available and you need to apply for it. And speed is key when you're find, trying to find a job. So this is a very cool feature that you should be taking advantage of if you want to find an awesome job in Japan. So whether you're just upgrading your current job or you're looking for your first job in the country, jobinjapan.com is where you need to be. Thanks for listening to the ALT Insider Podcast. For more info on how you can have more fun working in Japan, visit altinsider.com. See you next time.